0: listening to this edition of Elk Grove News podcast. I'm Dan Galdery. Today we are breaking from our typical format on politics and current events and we're going to talk a little NFL football, specifically the NFL draft of 2019 and more specifically the Lions draft for 2019. Plus we're going to engage in a little Twitter cronyism. Our guest today is Logan Lamardier, who operates the website lionlowdown.com. Logan also has a large Twitter following where he chronicles the Lions throughout the whole year. Logan, thank you for joining us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Dan.
0: Logan, let's start with the Lions' top two draft picks. The first one was tight end T.K. Hawkinson out of Iowa, and the second is linebacker Jelani Tavi out of Hawaii. Tell us in your estimation, what they bring to the Lions on an immediate basis, and what is your grade for each one of these specific draft picks?
1: Sure. So yeah, T.J. Hogginson, he's a guy, tight end out of Iowa. Lions fans are very familiar with drafting tight ends of the first round. It's their third in the past decade, and I know a lot of fans will want to complain that it's another tight end, but uh, he's, a good one. He's a little bit different than the last two guys and if you're drafting a tight end that high uh, obviously they have some potential and that's what Hawkinson has. He's a very well-rounded tight end. I know there's a ton of tight ends that come in out of the draft and they're more of large receivers than they are tight ends and they struggle with blocking. Well, Hawkinson's a guy who is very well. He comes from a NFL offense at Iowa that he was asked to block quite a bit and he was a very good blocker. He had a lot of dominant-style blocks where you see him just pancake linebackers. And I think the Lions are looking for a tight end that can do that, but not only be very useful in the run game, but also someone who's a threat in the pass game. And Hogginson, you look at his uh, combine numbers and just his athletic profile. He only ran a 4.740, which isn't blazing fast, but you look at just his explosive measures, you know, like his vertical jump and broad jump and he was in the elite range there, and same with his agility drills, and you, you kind of look at the three cone, and you look at the short shuttle, and again, those two drills, those times that he had were very good, so he's just a very, for 250 pounds, he's a real good athlete, and he has really reliable hands, which the Lions need, he only had two drops in his entire career at Iowa, so he's just a guy who's very well-rounded, and you know, honestly, I, sometimes I struggle with drafting a tight end that high because they typically do take a couple years to kind of get the tight end position you have to do a little bit of everything in the NFL and they ask these teams ask a lot of these players and so it is it's a it's a tough transition so you don't always know exactly you know when they're going to be impactful you know the lions need someone who's going to be a big impact on offense right away they they have a couple guys that are playmakers but they need they obviously need another one, and they feel that Hawkinson can be that guy. So, I'm I'm overall I, I graded it a B minus just due to the fact that the tight end position, if you look at the salary across the NFL, you know the top tight ends are making about 10 million a year, whereas defensive linemen are making 20 plus million a year. And when you, you're looking at value of each position, I mean, there was a guy on the board at Oliver who was still available that the Lions could have used and. I just question a little bit, you know, that value. Again, going back to that value. Hawkinson's a great player, but, uh, you know, tight ends don't cost a lot of money. He's probably going to be making around $5 million a year on average. And that's a mid-tier tight end, you know, coming right into the league. So those defensive linemen, if you're able to get a defensive lineman who's making $5 million a year during his rookie contract, I think that's a lot better value. But the Lions obviously felt like, Hawkinson could be more valuable right away and he's good enough to pencil him in as a starter. So I'm I'm happy with Hawkinson. Um, okay.
0: So you would give him better above average and uh, maybe something that can develop in a few years.
1: Yeah, and the Lions are looking to win now and that's not something you'd hope it takes him longer to develop when you're drafting a guy top 10, obviously you're going to really want that player to make a year one impact, but even going back to, you know, the best tight ends in the league right now, at their rookie years, they're all, you know, averaging around 35 catches for 300, 400 yards and a few TDs. So it is kind of a long-term deal, but hopefully he can make more of an impact and the lions will target him a little bit more and they'll scheme game plans for him to make a impact early on.
0: Okay. Let's move on to the second round draft choice, which was the uh, young man out of Hawaii that was J- 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 Jelani. Jelani
1: Tavai. Yeah. Bobby,
0: thank you. <laughs> Getting a little tongue-tied here. What's your it's assessment? Uh, yeah. What's your assessment on uh, this choice?
1: So this, uh, it's tough because, you know, obviously the Lions, Bob Quinn, their GM, and Coach Matt Patricia, they know what they're looking for. They know what they need in the scheme that they run in their defense. And if you look at the national media, and obviously the Lions don't have the same board as the national media, but the national media and all the, the draft pundits out there, not too many of them had you know, him in even in their top 100. They thought he was a late day two pick or potentially even a day three pick. It depends who you ask. So I do feel like it was a little bit of a reach. He's not the most athletic guy, but... He ran a four eight six forty 40-yard dash at his pro day, and usually those pro day times are a little bit better than they would be at the combine, but that's not what the Lions drafted him. The Lions saw a guy who could play a lot of different positions. He can rush the passer on the edge, and he can play middle linebacker, and Kyle Van Noy was a comparison for him. He's the guy who the Lions drafted in the second round a few years ago under a different regime, different defense. They shipped Van Noy off to New England, and he had a lot of success. So I think that's the, the comp right now, considering that the Lions come from a Patriots style of defense, having Matt Patricia, the former Patriots defensive coordinator, now is the Lions head coach. You know, there's some parallels there that you can make. But I just – that one was tough for me just because I, I watched some film on him before the draft, and I didn't come away all that impressed. And then, of course, after the Lions drafted him, I did a deep dive and tried to find as much information as I could on him. And I just couldn't really, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. And I usually can find something that encourages me. And there wasn't just a lot there that I really liked. And, you know, watching the film, he misses quite a few tackles. He makes a lot of tackles as well, so it's not the worst thing in the world. But then he also struggles with his athleticism where he's not always, you know, getting to the ball carry, especially on outside runs. He didn't play against elite competitions by any means playing out of Hawaii. So it's just, it's something you're going to have to believe that the staff knows what they're doing. The staff knows what they need over my judgment of a player, but it's just tough. You know, even if you're watching the draft on TV, both ESPN and NFL network, neither of them either even really had highlight films for Mm. this guy after he was selected and they didn't. You know, the broadcasters didn't really even know what to say about him because I don't think they knew oh, much about him. Right. So it just hurts. But, again, you have to trust the staff and trust the GM and just know that they are they had a very specific role in mind. They think he fits the bill. So, obviously, you heard my take on that, and I graded him a D minus because I just Ooh. didn't think. Yeah, it was a little harsh. but Yeah. Um, that's my perspective. I, I don't think there's a high upside for him. I thought he was a backup type linebacker and the Lions took him in the second round. So again, it's just all going to come down to that scheme fit. And if he fits well with what they want to ask him to do, maybe, maybe he can turn into something, but my expectations are, are fairly low, unfortunately, right now on him.
0: Let's move to the second through the six. Without necessarily going into each pick, if you look at those other four individuals, is there any one that you think might be a hidden gem that's really going to be an effective player for the Lions this year, and maybe not necessarily this year, in the next few years to come?
1: Yeah, so my guy, I really like. The Lions ended up getting him in the fifth round at their 146th overall pick, uh, Amani Aruwarie, another name for you there. Whoa. Of, <laughs> a cornerback out of Penn State. And okay. The funny thing is is I would have been fine taking him in the second round.
0: <laughs> wow. So, so they got him yeah. in the, was that the, the fifth, fifth round you said?
1: Yep, the fifth round.
0: Fifth round, okay.
1: And he was, he's a guy who has, checks all the boxes. He's six foot two as a corner, 205 pounds, ran a four four seven. 40-yard dash to the combine. Just a very athletic guy and has the length. The Lions are in need of an outside cornerback, a a guy that can start opposite of Darius Slay in a little bit bigger corner that can do, like, the press man coverage towards the line. The Lions signed a guy by the name of Rashawn Melvin. Mm -hmm. just a one-year deal, a veteran in the offseason, but he's not the long-term solution. So I think Aruwari is going to have a good chance of eventually taking over that role and maybe even having an impact early on. So I, I liked that selection a lot, obviously, considering I would have I would have been fine with him in the second round where they took Tavai to out of
0: Hawaii. <laughs> so the Lions uh, fans might be learning how to – need to learn how to pronounce that name properly, I suppose.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are just going by his first name, Imani.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Logan, what sort of grade do you give uh, – Matt Patricia and the general manager Mike Quinn on this draft. Yeah,
1: so overall, I gave it a C minus grade, and I know if you look at a lot of draft grades, there's a lot of B's in there. I I'd say for whatever reason, going by draft grades, B is always average. But on my grading scale, you know, going through school, it's always C was average. So I gave him a C minus, considering I. Felt like overall it was slightly below average. I think Bob Quinn made a lot of.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I said Mike Quinn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no worries. Yeah, but just overall, he he kind of stayed true to what he's been doing in the past, where he takes a lot of players who have high floors, uh, very productive in college, and are just good, high character, um, and just productive at the college level. But none of them. There's a few really good athletes that he drafted, but overall. I don't know if there's any true difference makers and in a year that lions fans are really chomping at the bit, you know, to get back to the playoffs and be in contention for at least the NFC North. I don't know if he added too many pieces that are going to come in right away and make a big impact because that first round pick tight ends historically take a couple years to get their feet under them and truly develop and be you know big time players. And then you look at the rest of the picks, and a lot of them right now project as backups. So it, it's just – it's tough to say. I wanted a little bit more – I felt like there could have been a little bit more um, like offensive lineman, right guard. We could have drafted one there. That's a big hole right now in the Lions roster. And if they would have taken a right guard high, would have filled the need instantly. And there was a few guys on the draft board in those early rounds that I think would have been great value. So it's just – I don't know. Bob Quinn has proven me wrong in the past by taking some players that I kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit after selecting them and then they come in and they, they play well. So it just I'm just going to have to have a little bit of faith and hope that what my eyes tell me are different than how these players are actually going to perform
0: at the next level. Logan, you've undoubtedly seen the Lions schedule for 2019. Are there any games that you would pencil in that we are going to be really interesting or crucial at you know any place on the schedule
1: yeah I mean every game's important I don't know if you know the, the Lions have you know one primetime game against the Packers you know and any anytime those division rival games come along uh, you have to win those and the Lions have been they're four zero against the Packers the last two years but you know the Packers look to be rebuilding and anytime you have Aaron Rodgers it's always a test, so I, I would pencil that one in or circle it on the schedule, I guess you can say. But, any, yeah, any division game is going to be huge, especially in how competitive I expect this division
0: to be. Now, I have to ask you this question my from my personal perspective as a Lions fan also. And I'm giving my age away here, but the last time the Lions won a championship, I was was born a year later, and I think they won the last championship in 1957, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. It's been a long drought. The Lions haven't won a playoff since Barry Sanders' day, which would go back to 91-92, if I'm Mm -hmm. correct. Yep. What hope can you give Lions fans?
1: (laughs) Well, with a long history of, you know, ineptitude... I do feel like Bob Quinn is building the team in the right way. He had a solid offseason and free agency. Well, you know, you can, as much fun as draft grades are, they don't mean a whole lot until these players actually see the field. So, again, going back to the, the fits in their respective positions, they could have a lot bigger impact than even I project them to have. So it's anytime you have a good quarterback, Matthew Stafford, I know he's a very polarizing player amongst Detroit fans, but you know, we've seen them carry teams in the past and now the Lions have a new offensive coordinator and Darryl Bevel, who comes in who's more of runny oriented, but he also likes to take some shots deep. Uh, I think that offense and carry on Johnson at running back could go a long way. They carry on obviously just has to stay healthy, but um, their defense after they acquired Snacks Harrison through a trade last year, their defense, their run defense was great. Then their overall defense ended up 10th overall in the league last year. So they're definitely trending up. So I, I see the direction that the team wants to go. They want to be, they want to be able to control the clock. They want to be able to stop the run and run the ball. And a lot of times, uh, I know the NFL has gone very pass happy, but you still see a lot of teams have a lot of success with that model where they're very stout on defense. They can get to the quarterback and the Lions out of Trey flowers this offseason to kind of be that guy for him. And, that running game just needs to kind of shape up and be what everyone is expecting. And I think the addition of Darrell Bevel as offensive coordinator guy, who's had a lot of success in his career as an offensive coordinator, running the ball that should give hope. And if the lions can run the ball and stop the run and you have Matt Stafford to throw the ball around when he needs to, and to be clutch like he's shown in the past, I think the lions are set up to actually have to make a run. It's just, there's a lot of question marks right now, and those question marks need to turn into solid players. So it is. It's, it's tough to remain optimistic as a Lions fan, but they somehow reel me in every year and get my hopes <laughs> yeah. up.
0: Me too. I hate to say it. <laughs> Logan, uh, well, one, one more question, uh, and you uh, referenced this earlier. Were there any significant offseason free agents that uh, Lions signed?
1: Yeah, for sure. Trey Flowers was the big one. He's the the defensive end uh, from New England, so again, it's that classic fit of Matt Patricia coached him just a couple of years ago, and they know exactly what they're getting with him. He might not have the huge sack numbers, but he's one of the best against the run uh, for anyone who likes the pro football focus grades. He's been top 10 in those as well last year, so he's he's just a guy who's very reliable, too, and you know, the Lions had Ziggy Anza for a long time, but he was always on the injury report just about every week. And then last year, he barely played. And the Lions had him under the franchise tag, so they were paying him $17 million a year. And obviously, when you're paying a guy that much, you need to have um, some big-time production out of him. And that never came to fruition last year. So to add a guy like Trey Flowers, there's a couple other guys. And Justin Coleman, who's a more of a slot corner, but he's one of the best in the league – And the Lions had struggled covering guys from the slot, so I think that's going to be a big upgrade in their pass defense. Jesse James is a tight end they also got from Pittsburgh. Um, Obviously, with the addition of TJ Hawkinson in the draft, You kind of probably have like a 1A, 1B scenario there. But Jesse James kind of can take some of the pressure off Hawkinson too as he develops. And then, yeah, I mentioned Rashawn Melvin as a corner. I I like him a little bit more than maybe uh, most fans do, but I thought that was – solid. And then Danny Amendola probably to to round it out as a slot receiver Um, at age 33. He's not exactly what he used to be, but he's still an old savvy vet who knows how to work those underneath routes and get open. The Lions, after they traded away Golden Tate last year, uh, their offense struggled. So I think it'll be nice to have a veteran presence like him who's going to be able to get open on smarts. He's still, he says he's in the best shape of his life. I'm sure quite a few guys say that after they go to a new team, but from everything that's the early reports, I guess you can say is that he's just uh, crazy in the weight room and just his work ethic is off the charts. So I I believe even at age 33 that he's going to be able to at least provide some sort of fallback option or safety net or safety blanket I should say for for Stafford.
0: Would he be a good guy to have in the locker room too?
1: Oh yeah sure. It sounds like he definitely fits the culture of what Patricia and Quinn like. They're both very big on guys that they want to have players that are all about football, that live and breathe the game of football. And, you know, losing is not an option. They're they're all about winning. And I, I do think he can be a, a veteran leader because the Lions don't really have much vocal leadership in that locker room. Stafford is a, a little bit of a reserved guy. When he's on the field, it definitely seems like he's he, you know, the emotion comes out of him a little bit, but overall, you know, it's just the lions. I think lack, the true leaders are guys that have been to super bowls and someone who's going to, you know, step up to the plate when the younger guys need some veteran leadership.
0: Finally, Logan, uh football season will be with us. And I don't know about uh, three, three, four months from now, I guess. I don't have the <laughs> yeah. calendar right in front of me. It, how can listeners who uh, follow the Lions, or if they're just football fans and they're interested in their web your website, what is can you give them your website address and your Twitter handle as well?
1: For sure. So the website uh, I write for and I'm the editor there is lionlowdown.com. and there's plenty of links to to follow me there uh, on Twitter. My last name is not the easiest, um, but my Twitter handle is at L lamorandier and that's spelled l-a-m-o-r-a-n-d-i-e-r so yes that's a little bit of a mouthful but um, i'm also on facebook as well uh, if you want to follow the, the lion lowdown page there instagram i have the logan lamorandier instagram page which I, i'm not nearly as active on but i usually still post quite a bit and you know it's anywhere i, I try to remain active in all the social platforms, just because I love talking football, so I, I really try my best to to answer questions or you know have any type of dialogue that relates to the Lions.
0: Logan, thank you for your time, and maybe as the when, once we get in the into the uh, regular NFL season, we'll have you back as a guest, and let's see how some of these uh, new guys are doing.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate you having me, Dan.